So, hello there, everyone, and hello there, Ty. Well, hello there, Steve. Am I coming in loud and clear? Yes, you are coming loud and clear. I hope I didn't keep you waiting. Oh, uh, no, no need. I was here right on time. You know me. I'm like a wizard. I'm not too early, not too late. That's Always what wizards are known for? Oh, yeah. Haven't you read um, Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit? No. Yeah, you know, it was Gandalf's whole thing, just showing up right on time. Ah. Yeah, you know. Oh, yes. Although, one could make the argument that being a wizard, you could solve a lot of the problems if you just st- showed up early and just sort of stayed there until you were needed, but, you know. Yeah, hey, that's also, it's you know, it's very, it's a very nice, dramatic affectation to have like it helps dramatically for the wizard to do that yeah um yeah i remember in college uh, sometimes the teachers would be a little late so there was this uh, unspoken rule called the 15 minute limit where mm. if the teacher takes more than 15 minutes to get to class everyone's just done for the day we can all just pack up and go home right did, did that ever happen uh, that happened twice. Um, one of the times it was like um, it was snowing near her area and she wasn't able to send an email out in time. So we all just called it a day before we got the email saying class was canceled. But yeah, do you think wizards have a similar principle? Like if they're not there to save the day within uh, 15 minutes, um, your next encampment enchantments free or something like that you know what if they're going around telling people that they're going to show up right on time all the time i think they should have some sort of you know enchantment exchange yeah in that situation now in in middle earth do they have minutes i would imagine so i'd imagine their time their uh measurement of time is the same as ours it is? Did, did you think they mention it in, in the, the story? I don't know. They mention a lot of weird stuff. In the, they mentioned golf at one point, so it's implied that hmm. a hobbit actually invented golf when he beheaded somebody and used a club to just knock him in a hole several meters away. And then they called it golf. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they do have lunch, right? They have lunch and... That's what that's Se- what I know. And yeah, and they have second breakfast. They yeah, so they have breakfast. They have concepts that we have in this world, and they carry those over to the world of the Lord yeah. of the Rings. I was thinking, I guess everywhere, you know, no matter where you go, you 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 always will have minutes, but it's just what they decide to call them. Yeah, we because we had some sort of weird counting principle based on sixty. Mm-hmm. Like right. Six, 60 seconds makes a minute. 60 minutes makes an hour. And then they just sort of gave up and said 24 hours yes. makes a day. Yes. So part of that reason is, and maybe that maybe this is useful or not, but if you think usually we use a base 10 system, and that's mostly because of our fingers, right? Toes, we have yeah. 10 fingers. But if you think about the number 10, it can't, it's not divisible by three, so you can't divide it by three or four. 
which are very low, which are low numbers, right? So yeah. you can only divide it by two and five, which seem to be kind of random, but 60, you can divide by two, three, four, and five, and six. Ah. So we got the reason, yeah, that's kind of the reason. Strong math sense. Yeah, I sure, I sure do. Well, I have something to say on this topic. So that's the reason why a lot of those systems seem to have, you know, at least 12 of them sort of as a base, you know, feet. Um, it's because of that being able to divide by a number um, and get a and get a result within the system. I thought it was just because they were crunching the numbers and they thought, oh, man, this is going to fit perfectly. We got 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, and then they go to count days and they're like, crap. Yeah. Well, I think if you're going to really adjust that whole system, I mean, it seems like the second is kind of arbitrary. I mean, I think, I believe it, it was pretty arbitrary when they first invented it. I, I think now they have... It's, I think, I think time is based on the measurement. Our measurement of time is based on some fundamental physical con constant though, right now. Yeah. They invented something called an atomic clock. So yeah. like if for some reason you're in space, you can still know what time it is relative to other places. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, there's definitely like a universal, like I, I assume they use Greenwich, Greenwich mean time, which is, you know, the time zone where it's zero or whatever. In, in Greenwich, England, just arbitrarily. But yeah, but I mean, what I'm talking about is the definition of a second. It, or at, at, like all of our, you know, measurements were based on kind of random things for a while, you know, like even even things like the, the you know, the meter or whatever. They were just, they just had a meter length of, you know, iron or something somewhere. And that was the official official meter. But like now they're all based on constants. So like a meter is like, you know, I don't know, based on how far you can travel at the speed of light, but multiplied by some percentage. So it's an exact measurement based on fundamental, uh, you know, aspects of the universe that you can just calculate as opposed to it being arbitrary somewhere. Yeah. You know, I came on this podcast thinking <laughs> we were going to have some fun improv, not be lectured on math. Uh, I think those I things... I, I can understand that, but I think those things are at least neat. I mean, we were starting I, off so good. We were talking about uh, wizards and the fundamentals uh, of fantasy world, and now we just brought it uh, back to math. Uh, so, do they, do they, okay, do they have alchemy? Do they have alchemy in Middle Earth? Yes, they do. Alchemy is just mixing plants and stuff to make medicines or in their case yeah. potions yes oh but then don't you think all that stuff is like the same as like 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 i mean they just have like you know it's it seems like it's a fun version of those things to us but if it really all existed it wouldn't be as fun to us because then you would have to have you know you'd be learning it in school and you'd have to memorize a bunch of stuff about frog guts or whatever in order to make stomach stomach antacid or something yeah do you think um the people of middle earth would be fascinated with things we take for granted like if we just took a dwarf and dropped him off in the dmv he's just going to be oh, fascinated yeah. by the concept that we can get a piece of paper that can allow us to travel many miles on this iron steed yeah. and all we need to do is go up to the wise woman and pass a mighty quiz 
Yes. I mean, yeah, I think that's in fact exactly how we look at it. Have you have you seen the movie A Gnome Named Gnorm? I know it's not a dwarf, but that is a uh, that's a it's a you know a gnome who is in New York City. And it's called a gnome named Gnorf. It's an, a gnome named Gnorm, and, but it looks like it's a gnome named Norm. But in the movie, you learn that both the word gnome and the name Norm are don't have silent G's. That's a thing in the movie of a gnome named Norm. Oh, I didn't, I, I didn't bring up math again. That's just a, just a movie from the eighties or nineties. Oh, Ty, are you there? Oh, no. Oh, sorry. I accidentally pressed the mute button. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was wondering how much of that you actually heard. I heard none of what I brought up a known na gnome named Norm, and you seemed like you were very much <laughs> just about to leave. <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> no, no, no. I just accidentally pressed the mute button on my uh, headset. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that's a that's a classic uh, fish out of water story, right? You know, they have a lot of fish out of water stories. Uh, a gnome named a gnome named Ganorf, uh, Thor. Um, mm -hmm. But but I haven't seen a good fish out of water story that contains an actual fish out of water since The Little Mermaid. Hmm. Yes. Let me. Th that is that is the the classic literal example of a fi fish out of water. Hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I you can't really. Nah. What? Wait. Did you think of something? No. <laughs> uh. Hmm. Oh, you know, like Jabberjaw. Uh, he's a, he's, no. Oh, he's a shark who has a band. But that's from the 70s. That, so that's from... But I mean, the... the A Little Mermaid is a Howard Hans Christian Andersen story. So that one's pretty old. Wait, what about uh, that old Disney Channel movie, The 13th Year, about that boy who realizes he's a mermaid and... Yeah. It's a reverse fish out of water story. It's a yeah. human in water story. He's going... I, w one thing that did occur to me is that uh, was the the sword and the stone? They become fish in the sword and the stone, right? Ah. That was that's a that's a reverse one too. That's a Disney movie. Yeah. Oh, What's Luca, up with Luca? is a new movie that is basically that. Yeah, yeah. How come Disney owns the monopoly on all the fish out of water stories? All the liter all the literal ones at least. Yeah. Thor. Yeah. I mean, Thor. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Um, Paramount, Warner Brothers, if you're listening to this now, uh, consider getting your dipping your feet into that fish out of water market. Yeah. Mm. Excellent turn of phrase there. Get get a little bit wet. Get yeah. Wet with some fish out of water stories. Just uh, it's, the the water's fine. Come on in. Uh, 
You know what? Yeah. You could use any of these for the tagline of the movie if you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, there's no, they're they're all <laughs> those are all cliches. So you could you can use those taglines for really any movie. It doesn't even have to be a fish out of water. It, it, yeah. I mean, it could be it could be you know Teen Wolf three, and I mean, he, he's. <laughs> Hopefully, any movie involves really someone being in an, uh, a situation that they have that they are unprepared for. Yeah, you know what? What I absolutely hate is when I go to the movies and and I just go there anticipating people to be completely <laughs> out of their element. You know, when I go there and you get competent people on screen for about two mm-hmm. hours, it's boring. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's if it's competence, but it's certainly. They have to, I mean, the thing, that, that something surprising has to happen, right? I mean, is that yeah. a movie where, where nothing's surprising? That's that's almost uh, like a time loop movie, sort of. Like, they're just expecting everything after a while. So, like, Groundhog Day? Yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah. But us as the yeah. audience, I guess the unexpected thing is what the guy is doing. After a then while. again, I guess it must be frustrating um, to be like an expert in whatever the movie's about and just seeing people who oh. completely know nothing about it. Like, I can't tell yeah. you how many times I went to a movie theater with somebody who fought in a war and, you know, they're just like, no, 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 that's not how you stand in combat. You'd stand. No, no, no. Don't you clear the room together. You don't go in there and Rambo it yourself, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know enough about. I I, I know nothing, <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't feel like a lot of time they're 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 covering each other correctly, in a yeah. in a firefight. And then of course they just fire at the first person who jumps out. You never jump out into the open in a firefight. You hide behind something. Yeah. And you know uh, they fire immediately. You don't know if that's a guy with a gun. You don't know if that's a civilian. That's yeah. Just sloppy work on your head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I've, I've, the only thing close that I've ever done to actually being, I mean, a video game, but like is paintball. And I know for a fact in paintball, I was just getting shot by people I didn't even see. So I'm sure that happens in like all the time in actual firefights. Yeah. And they never highlight that once. Hmm. Yeah. You know what, Hollywood? I know you're listening. Uh, I figured Warner Brothers and um, Paramount were listening earlier, but you know yeah. what? Hollywood in general, I'm calling you out. Uh, do your research before you make the movies. Yeah, which is which is that that just brings me to the you know you kind of realize so much of the movie is fake that it's hard for it to reflect reality. I don't yeah. know if what I'm saying makes sense. But, like, if they just filmed you for a while and it was a movie about you, it, like, you know, they could film wherever you are and you're doing stuff. It's like, you know, it wouldn't break rules of reality, but the type of movies they're trying to make, they just break all kinds of rules or whatever. Common sense. (laughs) Hmm. I know, man. Ah, I don't know what to say now. (laughs) Just so frustrated about movies not being accurate. Well, I think that's just, you know, they're just trying to, 
well, they're trying to take us on a wild ride and and just trying to entertain. They don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if you're making up a whole world like like in Middle Earth, you know, you're going to, you know, you, you try to make it organic and real seeming as possible. But if you're, you, you yourself have to know everything or else you're going to make mistakes. Yeah, that's got to be a hard job, just figuring out what the rules are and then just remembering what the rules are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it even happens in the case where that's what I, uh, I want to say plot hole, but I think there's another term. When they, when they violate their own rule, rules that they establish. No, that's a plot hole. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you think um, when God created this world um, – he just um, forgot a couple of things later in, and now he's just like watching the story unfold and saying, crap, I forgot about blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, I forgot about alligators. Uh, there's uh, alligators no. now. Yeah. <laughs> this arc will contain every animal. Crap, I forgot about unicorns. Uh-oh. If, yeah, man... Speaking of someone being incompetent, if that person's God, then we're in a whole mess of trouble. Yeah. I mean, I I'd ex- I don't know. I mean, he does make like I mean, right there, the Ark story. It's like that's where he 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 fouled up somehow, right? Because otherwise, you shouldn't have to drown the whole Earth. Yeah, yeah. That was his younger, wilder phase, you know. We we uh, all went through that phase in life where we're just like, ugh, I hate everything. I just uh, just wish it would all end in a flood. Uh, I hate uh, my own creation. I'm going to go ahead and destroy it. Yeah, you know, have you ever read an old assignment of yours that you wrote in high school, and when you wrote it, you thought it was the greatest thing ever, and then you find it again, and you realize it sucks, and you just want to burn it? Um, I mean... There's certainly things that I have written that I regret, uh, but yeah. Oh, sure. I don't know. I think I did pretty good in school. Ah, uh, lucky. <laughs> I think they're, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm more entertained by them than anything, like the old assignments. My sister um, wrote a book when she was, or tried to write a book when she was really little. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I should spoil this for you in case it gets picked up by uh, one of the big movie studios, but... Who are listening? They're called, listening, so be careful. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's called There's a Fairy in the Restroom stra- Stall, hmm. where it's about a girl who goes to the bathroom and she opens the stall and it's a magical kingdom. And where like fairies and unicorns prance everywhere and the um bad guy is named Brand Doom and uh-huh. he is a walking um stereotype of um he's a walking gay stereotype essentially but she didn't know what gay people were when she wrote it so uh-huh. <laughs> he's just overly flamboyant <laughs> mhm that's interesting because it's like, well, where is she? Where is she drawing from to create that character? Then, yeah, I think so, she. Yeah. I think she knew somebody named Brandon who was a little flamboyant, and she just liked the name Brand Doom. 
Yeah. Oh, I think that's great. Uh, who would you cast for um, Brand Doom? Oh, um, I I instantly thought of uh, I'm not gonna come up with his name. Like, uh, oh, um, it's he was in the um. Oh no. Oh, hold on. Take your time. James James Franco. I was I was ah. James Franco. James Franco has brand yeah. doom. Yeah. I think that's about right. Huh. <laughs> I would have uh casted um who's that guy from the Big Bang Theory? He played Sheldon. Oh, I was uh, Sheldon. Yeah, um Sheldon Cooper. Uh, well, I, I think he would have played the part pretty well. Um, sure. So, yeah, Hollywood, if you're taking notes, um, those are our two preferred characters for Brand Doom in There's a Fairy in the Restroom Stall. Hmm. Hmm. I'm still looking up Sheldon, sorry. Oh. No. Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons, that's who he is. Oh boy, his uh, I yeah, the I just want to just in case the people from the Big Bang Theory wiki page are listening, it's like put that guy's name up a little higher. He's basically the the breakout character of the show. Yeah, the show would not have been nearly as well received if it wasn't for him. I'm sorry. Oh no, well, I mean, yeah, I like. He's uh he's he's sort of more of the unique nerd I think that's less of a cliche than the others. Well, you know what? You can only get around uh, spouting. I liked it for the first few seasons, but honestly, you can only get around spouting pop culture references for a while. And you know, yeah. I thought he was pretty consistent. The character or the actor? Uh, both. Yeah, I I think there's there's things about that character that I remember. I don't I don't know the show that well, but he seems to like. Yeah, he's almost like he's almost the one who's such a big nerd that he's like he doesn't care about outside things other than what he cares about, which is a which is a fine type of person to be, I think. Yeah, I guess as long yeah. as it doesn't like. Make you a buzzkill, or hey, these are plot. That's a plot of probably several Big Bang Theory episodes. You're right. Oh, the <laughs> humor of being a buzzkill, being a social oh, yeah. outcast. Zoop de doop the boop. Mhm. We all, we all to some extent gotta we gotta kill some buzzes. Yeah. In our days. I don't. I don't know yeah. why, I don't, but you do. You do eventually. Yeah. Hmm. Now, Big Bang Theory has a lot of physics in there. Hopefully, hopefully they got all that right. Working on the back end. Well, if they no. didn't, then you know. It's just going to be another problem of people who are into physics just 
being like, no, no, that's not how you do it, man. They're going to be right mm-hmm. there with the people who fought in war complaining about. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, veterans and physicists have common ground after being yeah. at odds for so many years. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't imagine so. I'd imagine army men would love physicists. They're the people who design the uh, equipment mm-hmm. that doesn't get them killed. Oh, yeah. Like like the atomic bomb in the Manhattan Project. I mean, those were all physicists in there. Oh, uh, come the on. You've got to bring up the Manhattan Project. We're trying to make <laughs> uh, physicists look good, not make them look like they were one step away from ending the world. Yeah. Well, you know that, hey, however, yes, yes, I I would not, uh, I would, I would go ahead and say that probably for that, for the career of physicist, inventing a weapon on that scale was cut, was kind of probably a, a mistake. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, you'd you'd really have to convince me. There's like, uh, there's these, you know, mad mutually assured destruction was like part of the philosophy or whatever of like, you know, I don't I don't know. That's yeah, that that, that just stuff that brinksmanship and all that doesn't seem like a great society that you want to be living under. Yeah. But that's that's easy for me to say. I'm not the big brain in the bunker, <laughs> like you know, sending sending all of the young men from the country off to the other continent to die. I don't. I, you know what? You know what could have really helped us out in the war? Hmm. A wizard. Yeah. Yeah, but in? they weren't on time. No. Maybe maybe he's there's, he's still traveling. Still trying. He's going to show up one day trying to stop World War II. Well, I think we'd need a lot of enchantments as um, payment for being that late. <laughs> oh my! Oh my goodness! I'm. I hope I'm. I'm here on time. I'm. I'm. I'm ready to. To end the Great War. The Great War. What are uh, you talking about? The Great War was ten years ago. Oh, oh no! Look, I'm, I, you, you sure look. I mean, it looks like there's, there's peace has occurred all throughout here. That's that's upsetting to me. That almost implies that I'm, I'm, I'm late. Well, yes, we are. We're ter- we're part of the UN. We're. Making sure there's not another war to happen in a long time. Um, oh. I'm sorry, what's your name again? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm the the blue wizard, and I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you as you're standing in this, in this line about to sign some sort of UN peace document. Well, uh, yes, this peace document we're going to sign is going to ensure that there are no more wars ever, so uh. long as... You know, one of the countries doesn't get too greedy or anything. Oh. Oh, my. Oh, well, you know, really, if, if that's the kind of, uh, you know, predicament that could bring you back into war, I don't think that peace is going to reign for too long. 
Ah, don't be ridiculous. This thing is airtight. Now, we just need signatures from Japan, Italy, and Germany, and we'll be all set. Oh. Oh. Oh, yes, those stalwart powers, uh, uh, they'll, they'll, I'm, I, 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 since I owe you an enchant, an enchant, I mean, I didn't mention this, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's common knowledge, uh, I was a little bit late, so I could, uh, you know, I could do an enchant amount over here, if that's what you desire. Well, well, yes, uh, we'd love an enchantment for jolly old England. Thank you very much. Okay. Yes, that, that, yes. Uh, but first we gotta have our, uh, you know, of course, uh, a smoke here. Gotta uh, make a, yes. Yeah. A nice long pipe. Mm-hmm. Make sure what I like about... a nice little ring. Yes. Uh-huh, there you go. Oh, uh, thank you. Party yeah. tobacco, and... I do say. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I'll blow a ring with my, uh, you know, wizard tobacco, and I'll, you'll be surprised. <sighs> there. It's a, uh, it's, yeah. It's not just it, a ring. It's a ring of children holding hands dancing. No, nice. That's the image of peace we really want at the UN. No. Thank you very much. Um, so, about this enchantment, uh, what uh, kind of enchantments do you have in mind? Oh. I was just, I mean, you seemed to have the issue of not having uh, those uh, representatives from uh, Italy, Germany, and um, some other one, I believe. And Japan. I would, I, Japan, I could bring them here right quick with a, some sort of wizard tunnel. Why, that would be splendid. Thank you very much. All right, now... I just gotta reach down here in in my big wizard bag. I like that these rooms at the UN are nice and roomy, so I can just scatter some of my knickknacks about here as I find what we need. Ah. Like my wizard's chalk. Ah, uh, wizard's see. chalk. Yeah. Oh, you. Yes. Um. You can. Yeah, I see that you're looking at that there, but. Uh, don't go in signing any documents with it. It's, uh, it's very powerful chalk. All right. I'll make sure not to sign any documents unless we absolutely need to with this chalk. Okay. All right. I do see that you are storing the chalk over by the peace agreement uh, that we previously discussed, but I am going to assume that that's the most safe place to store a volatile and powerful writing implement. Yes. Well, you know, I kind of like having it right where I can see it, just to be safe. Ah, yes. You know, so nobody takes it or I accidentally misplace it. That holds wa- uh, that explanation holds water for me. Not a better place is there anywhere in this room than right on that pedestal up at the top there, where that you can see from anywhere. Uh, we cut to... Um, the representative from Germany walking through the magic tunnel. Oi! What has happened? I... What has happened? I was just enjoying my nice strudel while wearing my lederhosen, and suddenly I'm here in big room! And could you stop playing that xylophone? Oh, oh, sorry, I... 
you you know we were I was rummaging through my sack and I found this enchanted uh, xylophone. I just felt out like everyone in the UN could use some relaxing xylophone music. Yes, uh, so why did exactly did you have me come here to this uh, UN? I oh. thought the war was over. Yeah, yes. That, oh, boy. Well, you know, I, I got to ask that first guy. It feels like your, you know, the communications of the UN is is uh, is sorely lacking. I mean, this is the sort of thing that you don't need a wizard for. You need more like email or something along those lines. Well, I do say email does not exist yet. Um, Would you suggest oh. maybe a pigeon? Oh, I'm sorry. Just, just like the wizard in... Um, I believe the sword in the stone, that Disney picture that also doesn't exist yet. I sometimes drop in comments related to the future that are anachronistic just because I travel there, you know, some, from time to time. Ooh, you travel from the future? Tell us, what happens? Will peace be achieved between us? Oh, uh, now I, I want you to take this information properly, which means... You have to you have to recognize that I can't give any big secrets away here. Yeah, but I understand. I am, I am gonna say that maybe it would be a good idea to buy some war bonds. Buy war bonds? Yes, they're they're investments that people made uh, during the wars. Oh, uh, well, I mean, during a time of something that happened, and they called them war bonds. Well, um, I thought there was some sort of nice strudel-like street treats, like, um, you know, oh. bonds for wartime. Oh, you know, oh boy, I'm gonna end up in, uh, in, uh, in Germany in the, in the, in the 21st century, and I'm gonna be looking at, uh, you know, all the strudels and everything, and then next next to them there's going to be a couple of war bonds because of my fiddling with time. Ah, oh, don't be ridiculous. I'm sure it won't be that big of a deal. Now, let me sign this peace contract. Um, I don't see a pen. I'll just use this chalk right here. Oh, Mr. Oh, no. Ludwig oh. von Kinderjoy. Oh, oh no. I was able to view the fact that you grabbed the wrong writing implement because I can view the podium from anywhere in the room, but I didn't have time to stop you, even though I'm a wizard and should show up on time. Oh, oh no, you didn't have time to stop me. What, no. what does this do? Oh no. Well, for one thing, uh, the oh well, hey, that that contract is unbreakable for you, for one thing, because of that magic chalk, and two, uh, I owe you, um, you know, an, an enchantment, because that's just how that goes, because I was late. So, wait, you're telling me that Germany needs to be peaceful now, forever? Yes, that, that Magic wizard chalk makes all contracts you sign with it binding to not only you, but all of your people as well. Ah! That's no, I know I should have hired a lawyer to come here and check the agreement before I signed it. Yes. 
Yes, I find that those German lawyers are very efficient and very often, um, you know, take magical implements into account in contract agreements. I mean, of course they do. We are the future. We are the country who emphasizes engineering. We reverse engineer every single contract we read before we sign it. Yes. That is a good that's a, a good way to, to, to go about doing contracts. I, I would suggest I'm just a wizard, not not an not an engineer, a reverse engineer or a lawyer. But I would recommend reading the c- contracts before signing. And also anyway, you should consider them binding because that stuff is in there and you would have signed it with regular ink anyway, and that would have, you know. Ah, yes. But now you can't break it. But the question Tele- is... Uh, he- he- uh, he- telegram here. I, uh, uh, I, c- I come from uh, uh, Germany, and uh, I'm just uh, delivering the news that uh, all uh, the engineers and reverse engineers of Germany are now dismantling all of the the military stuff that they were uh, building up. Oh, no. Matt, now we can't secretly go to war. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to have to, when I go to the future, I'm going to have to get, uh, you know, re-familiarize myself with all sorts of different war movies. They're probably going to call Saving Private Ryan something else. We cut to the future where Universal Studios is working on their next big war movie based on the agreement that was signed. Uh, all right. So when the when the 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 the, the German diplomat he comes in from uh he comes in from the teleporting tor- uh, portal that happened to exist for one time and one time only that we know about. He encounters a beachhead, and it's just raining with bullets and people dying, and it's a big massacre. Uh, uh, excuse me, um, Mr. Uh, Director, sir? Yes, uh, I'm... You can call me Steven. Oh, well, hi there, Steven. As, um... The writer of this movie, let me just say, ah. that is not how battles are fought oh. at all, all right? Oh, but I know I have this, I keep having this reoccurring dream where just, uh, just bunches and bunches of young men are just storming a beach on well, a very important what day. Ha- Well, that's not what happened. You know just as well as I do, once the German man signed that contract, all of Germany Uh, stopped going to war. I know. I I read that in my history book as a child, just as you, but I figured, you know, to get people in the seats, we need to, you know, make it a little more exciting. Oh, and one more thing. I noticed Uh, you put a lot of explosives on set. When you fire at some oh. random object like a trash can, it doesn't explode, okay? Oh. Not unless yeah. it's a trash can full of gasoline. I know, but see, I, I mean, I'm having a lot of problems here as a director. Because, you know, I, I, I tried to make that Indiana Jones movie, but as you know... There's, there's no villains for Indiana Jones to fight. He was just kind of finding, 
you know, collectibles all over the world and well, you barrels know what? that never exploded. You know what? I thought that was a great movie, personally. You know, it stuck uh, to the fundamentals of archaeology pretty well. He mapped out the areas. He consulted with um, yeah. the locals. And, uh, you know, he found yeah. priceless artifacts that shaped our viewing of ancient cultures mm-hmm. and put them in a museum where everyone yeah. can appreciate it, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. Thank you. I, I appreciate the praise and in regards to my movie, but I do, I do have to say... A lot of that kind of accuracy stuff kind of came from the, you know, your, your the previous head of Universal who really steered me in that direction. Uh, yeah. Or that mummy film, you know, it wasn't about no. people discovering a tomb where a mummy comes to life. It was about, you know, um, the culture of Egypt and how it still plays an yeah. important part to uh, the people there today, despite the yeah. fact that they're not from the original Egyptian culture. Yeah. I really, I really felt that maybe that, that mummy movie really could have used some sort of, you know, elitist authoritarian army kind of invading Egypt to kind of spur them to, to protect all their ancient valuables. But really it just didn't go that way. It's just kind of like, kind of like, just regular, regular mummy stuff happening. Yeah, I, I especially love the scene where they did the mummy autopsy. That was oh. phenomenal to watch. Yeah. They put it in a little yes. CAT scan and uh, saw mm-hmm. the decay that happened over time. I mean, that was, I was on the edge of my seat when I was watching that, honestly. Yeah. I, yeah, I know, I was, I was, you know, as a film director, I try to make the movies exciting, but I did get a note that it was important to to display uh, what a what a mummy autopsy cat scan would be like in reality, and that that four hour running time was greenlit. So I guess I just kind of ran with it. Yeah, the best part of that autopsy was you know. There was no plague release. There weren't like a bunch of flesh-eating beetles no. crawling out of his mouth, uh, uh, hurting the people doing the autopsy. You know, mm-hmm. it was just a standard autopsy by the books. Oh. Well, you know what? I, all I'm hearing really is that you you really enjoyed the lack of some of the ideas that I tried to pitch the studio, but ah. they just they shut those down. Well, obviously. No one's going to want a fish-out-of-water story about the Loch Ness Monster applying for a community college. Yeah. That's not realistic. For starters, there's no evidence that a Loch Ness Monster even exists. If anything, he's probably just an eel. And secondly, if he did exist, why would he want to go to community college? Yeah. I... I mean, I fully agree, of course. Some sort of magical creature like the Loch Ness Monster surely can't exist because only t- we've only seen magic happen one time in the late 30s, and there's just no way it could happen again. Yeah, you know, it's weird. That wizard only showed up one time for that one battle, and um, we never oh. really saw him again. You'd think there'd be yeah. one time where the wizard just comes back when we need him most. Yeah, what really frustrates me, yeah, maybe that'll happen at some point, but what really frustrates me is the fact that that wizard meeting 
You know, it's been adapted to movies so many times. You know, I'm just trying to find a fresh angle with the whole storming the beach, the dangerous bullet, bullet-filled beach. Ah, uh, but you know what? You didn't get any of the details right. Um, uh. It says here that the soldiers are crawling on the beach with sand all over them, and not one of uh. them gets chafed. Oh, well... Well, I, I, I figured I figured I wanted the the viewers to kind of more uh, focus on the the mayhem and brutality of the of the the violence and the conflict that man reigns upon man, as opposed to you know making it seem like a kind of 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 uh, you know a, a frustrating beach vacation. Well, you know what. That is the experience that they are going to recognize the most. And they're going to point that out in the theater and say, you know what? You can't just crawl on the beach and expect not to get some sort of rash if you don't wash off the sand, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're right. There should have been an entire scene where they got off the beach ready to storm, and then they just kind of walked on over to the shower and just kind of rinsed themselves off first. Yeah, yeah. I. It's just, you know... Without, like, an exciting event, big exciting event in history, it's kind of like people's tastes have really become just, they really just want realism. That's kind of why they really laughed at me at that E.T. movie that I released way earlier in my career. Oh, yeah! Why would he phone home? Oh, yes. We have emails now. Oh, I, well, I just... I, I, I wanted, I wanted to kind of, you know, first of all, it kind of rhymes, I thought, I guess. E.T. Another... phone. <laughs> yeah, E.T., E.T., email, email home just kind of doesn't have the same sort of ring to it. What about E.T., email to see a mail? Yeah. You know, like yeah. a mail person. Coming a male alien coming down to pick him up, maybe like his dad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I appreciate these notes, and I mean, they they sound good, but I mean, I did re- that movie was released, uh, you know, a few decades ago to absolutely terrible reviews. Clearly, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but cult I- classics. That's a cult failure. People watch that yeah. in their with their friends just to point out how stupid the movie is. I know. I know because people they they look at they look at that movie and they say, "Hey, Earth is just a tiny little ball that's several million light years away from any other star. So how could anyone possibly build a spaceship that could travel to Earth?" It just is definitely impossible based on the laws of physics that we know, and therefore this movie sucks. Yeah. Not to mention Reese's Pieces. If an alien did exist, why would he be interested in candy? Wouldn't he be more interested in uh, food with nutritional value? Hey, hey, I agree. I I 100% agree with you there, because... The only reason Reese's Pieces ended up in the movie is because I had to cut a deal with somebody to give me some some money. Otherwise, I myself would have had some nutritional problems and probably would have starved to death. Ah. Uh, 
speaking of which, I think I, I, I think I, I'm glad that in your office here you do have some sugar out for your coffee because I've just been eating spoonfuls of that because I am just absolutely destitute as a uh, poor actor. I needed to get some calories. Well, you know breakfast. what they say: a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Uh, that little fact is why everyone loves Mary Poppins. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They look. Oh, I know. They like Mary Poppins because of those fact-based elements that I always seem to end up ignoring. I I yeah. just imagine. Yeah, I'm just amazed people were just so kind of, uh, you know, smitten with her. Just a regular lady walking up to a English apartment and deciding to be a nanny. Or that big song, "Feed the Birds." You know. Yeah. It's true. Toppings for a bag. I I just feel like I must, uh, you know, I'm completely different because during that whole sequence, I was just ima- imagining what it would be like to have a bunch of tap dancing pe- penguins around. Uh, I felt, you, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you spit up like that. Oh, so I'm sorry. You know what? If you want to make your fantasy movie, fine. But oh, don't really? come crawling... Yeah, but don't come crawling to Mr. Scriptwriter here when you get heckled and booed out of Hollywood uh, because you didn't do your research. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, sh- you know what? I've been, it's been proven to me multiple times over my career so far. But you know what? I'm gonna do it anyway because, you know, in my heart of hearts, I have to believe that magic and Stuff like that is what people actually want. We cut to Steve's, the world premiere of Steve's final project, as he said. The Steve cut, if you will. I mean, professionally I go by Stephen, but that's okay. No worries, no worries. Stephen, Stephen, right yeah, over here. Yeah. Right, oh. Yeah. Entertain it tonight. Um, quick question: What exactly can we expect to see in your new blockbuster summer hit coming out soon? Okay, it's going to be unlike anything you've ever seen, because because first of all, I imagine a world, a different timeline that that veered off when Germany did not declare peace. Oh, so many years ago. And instead, we get a horrible war that ends in, you know, physicists making a catastrophic mistake of a gigantic bomb. Uh-huh. A fantasy world? That's nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh. And why did you cast that actor with the stupid mustache? Oh, you mean James Franco? Well, he, uh, or do you mean Jim Parsons? Because they both, I mean, they both have mustaches. I'm not sure which one you think is stupid. You know, James Franco. He's the one with oh. his weird little Charlie Chaplin mustache, which is yes. what we call it now. Yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, well, I just, you know, I had this kind of a vision that that sort of mustache would would have, uh, would have symbolized, like would have given someone enough power to kind of take over all of Germany. Ah, well, are Germ- is Germany acting alone, or are they working with somebody? 
no, you gotta understand, there's an entire axis of powers that kind of unify, it's very exciting, I don't want to give too much away, but they do, they do kind of unify together uh, to try to take over the world in a very fiendish and pretty scary, I must say, uh, plot to take over the world. Ah, uh, this movie will never succeed. Oh, wait, I have, I have yet to tell you that also, like, uh, later on in the movie, like America invades Vietnam, and uh, uh, like Korea happens before. Uh, I, I now I'm just giving away spoilers, but like uh, in the 80s, there's like a bunch of stuff happens in the 80s, and my, and my movies are successful. <laughs> that happens in the movie. Our, in the all movie. right, yeah. well, we'll go see the movie, but um, we'll hold our judgment until afterwards. No. All right. Well, I uh, in the meantime, I hope you have some of the the complimentary sugar. You know, this is on my request because they think it's one of my favorite foods. The complimentary sugar that they are providing to everyone on the press junket. Ah, uh, I love sugar. Did you know it helps the medicine go down? I learned that from uh, Mary Poppins. Well, yes, I know. It's everyone's favorite movie that was wildly successful in comparison to any movie that I have ever made. I I, I do know that. Fast forward to the end of the movie. My uh, God. Steven? Yes. That was the most amazing movie ever. It was so gut-wrenching. Okay. It was so... Okay. I was on the edge of my seat. Uh, I was crying near the middle because I didn't think America and the other people with America would pull through, but somehow they yeah. did. Right. I call them... I call them allies when they're allied together like that. Uh, uh, and, and yeah, it's a little, it's, it's it, the way, you know, a lot of ways, there's a lot of different outcomes, but the way I tried to put it together that, that ultimately that sort of uh, outcome in a lot of ways had a lot of positive things to offer. And walking up to Stephen is the screenwriter who doubted him. Uh, Stephen? Ah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm sorry I doubted you. I I didn't think this whole fantasy route would go anywhere, but uh, clearly you brought magic to the screen. Hey. And yeah. As a matter of fact, I want to make it up to you, so I brought you oh. a peace offering. Here. Oh. Have a war bun. Oh. Oh, hey, thanks. Delicious. This is my yes. my most my most favorite German. German treat. Yes. I I am absolutely on cloud nine. Ah. Uh, well, good to hear that. Hopefully someday, maybe we can work together in the future. You know, combining your fantasy elements and my uh, practical elements to a movie no one's yes. seen before. Yes, I have an idea for that where we take artificial intelligence and sort of make a really depressing movie about it that has a fairy and it's all it's all kind of confusing but it's i got some ideas all right as long as you remember how a computer works i'm okay Ooh, uh, there's a there's a uh a, a wizard a wizard tunnel opens up and our the wizard from earlier Ooh, uh, What's going on here? Are you all enjoying a, a, a movie that uh, I'm unfamiliar with and therefore angry about? Oh, uh, 
Hi there, Mr. Wizard. Um, yeah, Stephen here made the most amazing movie about a war that what? didn't happen. Yeah. Um, no. Want a want a war bun? No. Oh, I mean, you know, now that I'm here, I do want a war bun. I want to. I, I I'll try it out. But uh, uh, this this is all wrong. None of this should have happened. What What are you talking about? Oh. Oh, is this this is cream filled? I I was. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, the cinnamon on top and the sugar—it really makes the it go down really nice. But I didn't, I didn't expect it to be so creamy and rich. Well, if you want, I can get you the recipe later. Uh, my mom oh. made it. Yeah. Oh. Oh well, I really, I really, I really liked it. But hey, hey, this betrays the point that I'm. That I'm mad. It's, it, it feels like there's all sorts of new pastries and whatnot and movies and major motion pictures that I have to learn about. And I, I simply don't have the patience for that. Aren't you a wizard? Can't you just cast some sort of magical spell or charm oh. on yourself to watch oh. all the movies real quickly? Well, I can't just do that based on my own decision, but... Since I missed the screening here of the movie, I'm going to assume uh, uh, that I'm late, and therefore I do owe you a, a an, an enchantment. Well, in that case, I wish you, Mr. Blue, mm -hmm. the ability to watch all of the movies you want oh. to as quickly as you possible, as you oh. can possible. Ah, I can't ah. speak right now. Well, I hope that well, didn't jinx the spell. Well, no, that I mean the spell's gonna be fine. The whole the whole thing is, is that I I just kind of find it annoying to have to memorize and remember all the new all all of the new pop culture references and so forth. But I mean I mean I guess this takes up my time and makes it easier. But I uh, I mean it's still just like like I don't want to have to go through that. But I'm shaking my hand, casting the spell anyway. Whoosh. That didn't really do anything. It just... Well, can, you're can, not watching have, a movie right now, so... No, no. So I do have the option to kind of not... The, I, I, now that I'm looking at the running time of this movie, it's f 500 hours. That's... That's self-indulgent. Well, you know, I tried telling him that a movie is, you know, are realistically... Um, conflict like this would take um you know months maybe even years to finish and yeah. uh for some reason that was the only bit of advice of realism he decided to take to heart oh oh i oh boy you know what this this timeline it, it was a as far as the entertainment industry goes it was a complete mistake as far as the breakfast treat industry goes i have to do i must say that it is uh was it was a was a good way to go oh uh, yeah war bonds they're uh, the one thing that didn't collapse when germany dismantled itself yes war war bonds talk to talk to someone at your bank today about uh, uh an investment in the future that will will not only helps your country but will will pay you dividends in the end. See. Oh. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, it felt like it was wrapped. We got a we got a plug for War Bonds in there in the end. <laughs> you know, um, War Bonds. Uh, if you're listening, America, mm-hmm. maybe consider using this as a little free publicity for your next uh, major conflict. Yeah. Oh God. So yes. Certainly, war bonds are the the investment. <laughs> you can't have war bonds without war. So, so uh, and, and they truly are what made America great. So let's, uh, let's head in that direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not really though. So, but, how do you yeah. think that went? I think that went all right. I had fun. Yeah. Uh, did you? I was I was Steven Spielberg the whole time. I don't know if you knew that. I caught on near the middle, but since your name is Steve, I thought you were just yourself <laughs> as a director. Oh no, that's yeah, that's where I was. That's okay. I, I caught on eventually, Steve. but Steven Spielberg would be the one. Director who most affected by World War II not happening. Maybe. That's not true at all. Uh, what great. about yeah. um, what about Pearl Harbor? Um, who was the guy who did that? Um, Michael Bay. That movie? Yeah. 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 But is – well, I got I, I – I don't think – was was Pearl Harbor that popular because he didn't, he didn't continue making war – sort of movies after that his his career trajectory kind of went in a different direction i think he tried one more with benghazi but that didn't really take off either what is that that's that's true uh let me check real quick and michael bay made a benghazi movie huh i bet michael bay he made uh, yeah. Uh, Thirteen Hours: The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi by Michael Bay. Huh. That's kind of. I wonder how this was received politically, because that's kind of what it was. What the movie or our podcast? <laughs> hey, I think our. Our, our, our. I think this podcast, like, if you want me to be clear, let's, you know, as far as geopolitics goes, I think every actor should be striving towards peace, um, with as minimal, gigantic, you know, human destroying weaponry developed as possible. Yeah, that would be um, my stand. You know what my big takeaway is. Um, hmm. Thank your wizards, because this um, alternate reality where everyone is not going to war um, was only possible because the wizard misplaced his chalk. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. So wizards, wizards being, you know, if we just had more incompetent wizards, we would have less war. Or maybe more competent wizards who actually show up on time. Yeah. Yeah. So 
basically, the competency level of wizards is just wrong. Either they need to be more incompetent or less incompetent. But either way, that's the problem. Yeah. That's what really took me out when I was reading Lord of the Rings, you know? Hmm. Too much travel. Yeah, you know, when I was reading the book, I I had two complaints. One, it feels like it's just describing scenery for a lot of it. And two, um, the wizard here uh, doesn't feel like he's the right level of competent. (laughs) Oh, this wizard's too competent. This wizard's not. It's the whole Goldilocks problem, but with wizards. Exactly. Hmm. You want a wizard that's just right. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, wi- wizards generally are smart, though, right? Like in real, for real, they're pretty. They yeah. have to be comp. They have to be smart because they they have a job that they do. Yeah, you know why I loved Wizards of Waverly Place growing up? Because hmm. it felt like that was the Goldilocks of the three wizards, essentially. You know, one uh, of them was. Very competent and very skilled. One of them was very not so competent. And one was, you know, just right. We were rooting for the one who was just right. Yeah. Give you yeah. Something, something to identify with, finally. Yeah. Thank you, Alex Russo. You finally portrayed wizards on media as they should be. Yes. <laughs> I've never watched this. You're talking about oh. Selena Gomez's character. Yes, I am. All right. Uh, my favorite. I'm just gonna. <laughs> who's my favorite wizard? I. Uh, how about Mr. Wizard, who was a science a science educator who would make the children feel bad during his science lessons. But wait, that that's not a wizard. That's um, that's a scientist. You you even said it yourself. Yeah, yeah. his name was Mister Wizard, though. That's that's false advertisement, though. I mean, that's yeah. like that's like that scene from B Movie where he's talking to Sting, and Sting's never stung anyone, nor has he been a yeah. member of the police. Sting wasn't a member of the police. Oh yeah, no. oh, he's never been a he's never been a policeman. Yeah, how do you not know this? Sorry, I'm just getting a little mad at you right now, man. I've seen B-Movie. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have it. I don't. I've, I saw it one time. Yeah. Sorry, I, I almost got so steamed that I left the podcast, you know? Oh, I've... Too many, too many people have done that. You kn- Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, but we got to do, uh, you have anything to plug um that you're up to? yeah uh yeah wait aren't i also supposed to uh think an improv or something yes 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 take it away uh, all right uh thank you um thanks host. um i would like to actually think an improv or outside of this my good friend uh, um let me um i almost forgot his name just um, oh, my good friend Dakota, who has been my longest improv friend. Um, we did improv together since we were, um, since I was like 18, 19. And, you know, I've been good friends with him since. Well, great. 
what what does good Dakota do that uh, you appreciate? Um, I appreciate that he's just there for a good laugh. Like he'll mm. try to find the ways to uh, kind of edge people on, and that makes the scene a little funnier. Yeah, that's good. It's it's good that like you have someone who you've improvised a long time with, and you can like. Who, who, who you, I, I assume you, you have good laughs with him. Uh, yeah, we, we haven't improv together for a while, but you know, we're still good friends. Uh, I ran into him at the movie theaters recently. Ah, good. Yes. What <laughs> is irrelevant? What movie did you see? Uh, Suicide Squad. And ah, you yeah. know what? I say they portrayed prisons um, fairly accurately, you know, mm-hmm. when they were in the prison. They had um, proper, like, maximum security areas. They mm-hmm. um, had people working in the prison, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. They had a little uh-huh. area where you could – I was just looking at this and thinking, yeah, this is what I think a prison is like. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, you it know, wasn't always- like – I've always thought on, on Oozbear, you know, people could be whoever. And maybe, like, now, Ty, you got me thinking that you're just a prisoner, you know, using your phone call to, to call into Oozbear each time. And you're talking talking to everyone on Oozbear through, through the prison system. I mean, you know what? Um, I think Pod's doing that, honestly, because every time Pod's on this podcast, it always gets to, like, murdering or poisoning, and I'm like, are you in prison? Did you do something wrong? Yeah. Well, we all all have our obsessions. That doesn't make it any better, (laughs) what I just said. Um, you know what, Pod? If you've seen Suicide Squad, tell me, is that accurate? Or do you hmm. think that's accurate? Or yeah. And also, are you in jail? Yeah. And I believe sometimes, other than cell blocks, sometimes they're arranged into pods as well. Ah, we're catching on. Yeah. So, um, this... about my plug, as I said uh-huh. before, um, I have a video coming up. And should be online about Friday this week. So be on the lookout for that. It is really fun. I go to a Back to the 50 style car show. And I unknowingly get in trouble. Because oh. um, turns out you're not supposed to touch the cars. But that's one of those unspoken rules. So yeah, I that's... touch the cars and people yell at me. Yeah. I, I I feel like, you know, I'm not going to go someplace that's so fancy that I can't touch things. <laughs> that seems frustrating. You know what? It, they put that rule out there. You got to follow it, even if they never yeah. come up to you and tell you the rule, okay? So I don't care who you think you are. Just understand the rules, all right? Is that so yeah. hard to understand for you? Uh, I, I, I guess, I, I guess, I guess I would abide by the rules, but what I'm saying, I guess I wouldn't want to stick. I want to go to the car show where I can feel the cars. If that's an option. 
Well, I'm sorry. People waste hundreds of thousands of dollars on paint jobs. They don't want to yeah. get your grubby hands on it. Oh, you have yeah. you have nailed the condition of my hands completely accurately. They are in fact very uh, grubby. your hands are grubby. I, I was just paraphrasing, no. man. No. You, you don't wash your hands. They they have a a, a much grubbiness to them, as if I've uh, never washed them ever. Ah, uh, man, you don't. Public health concerns are very important, okay? Yeah. I'm but, yeah. I'm concerned that if I if I wash them at this point, like just so much dirt and grime and germs and disease would be going down the drain that uh, that would cause a, a public health hazard as well. Uh, you know what? You know what? I recently huh? cleaned my hands. And you uh, know what I'm about to do with my hands? No. I'm about to hit the hang up button. Take what? a hit and take a shower, buddy. Oh.